Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, we got hurt there last mm-hmm. time. Like, let's get out of here. Totally. And finding, finally finding where we are now and feeling like, okay, listening to their core beliefs, mm-hmm. their, the people's personality, how they treat people, mm-hmm. how, like, their church history. What are the, what does the, the body, like, look like mm-hmm. of, of these specific people in this demographic and this geographical region? And, mm-hmm. and so it took a while and lots of, like, ups and downs. But I've really like rediscovered, or really probably for the first time, discovered what the church looks like and how and what a relationship with Jesus can look and feel like. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Amanda, welcome to She. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. I I don't know how long it's been since we've connected. I feel like it's been a couple years. I'm pretty sure it's I was on your show and then we've just kind of stayed in touch in Instagram DMs and yeah. it's been fun. It's been fun to get to know you a little bit, but I'm excited for everyone to get to hear a little bit of your story. And this is an interesting topic. We haven't really talked about this on the show, but it's something that comes up sometimes in our community. And I just think it's mm-hmm. something healthy to talk about. So before we dive into everything that we're going to get into, let's start by having you just share a little bit about yourself, like what do you do and what do you do through Dallas Girl Gang? What led you to start it? Just give us like the quick uh, summary of who you are and what you do and why you do it. Yeah. So my name is Amanda Smith. I am the CEO and founder of Dallas Girl Gang and I'm also a business coach. I also was an elementary music teacher for seven years. Um, I left the classroom almost one year ago (laughs) in the middle of the pandemic, uh, like many people did. And I grew up in the church. I grew up as a Southern Baptist kiddo in Texas and went into ministry and then went into teaching, married, you know, my husband out of college, out of Christian college. Mm -hmm. And so the story goes, you know, we went into ministry um, and lots of things happened that we didn't expect, but especially, you know, starting a business and then leaving my profession, you know, and then with Dallas Girl Gang, I, I really have one, had wanted for a long time to have a community that wasn't attached to faith and mm-hmm. I thought that that was really important for my journey and what I had been through and so we moved back to Dallas Texas in 2016 and now I've, I've just started a community out of a Facebook group 
who knew or who needed mm-hmm. another Facebook group. So <laughs> now we host events and have, you know, our podcast and our annual conference. And then as well as my like personal brand, teaching people how to grow a business, start a business. Um, and it is so much fun. Wow. It's so interesting. And I, I want to rewind to something that you said, because I sure. think this is something that especially like women who are believers and walk with the Lord, like the idea of like having a community outside of ministry or outside of the church can almost sound like, am I allowed to do that? Like, is that a bad idea? So I'd love if you can share a little bit more of your thought process behind that, because I can relate to it in many ways. Like when you feel like you're like in a bubble and like everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. thinks the same way, believes the same way, says the same things. Like you almost are like, I need to be challenged. At least that's kind of how I see it. And I also like, you almost like need that to stretch you and to grow you and to kind of get outside like your little bubble. But I'd be curious what your thought behind needing that was. Yeah. So like I said, I grew up in church, right? Like Mm -hmm. I had never been challenged. Mm -hmm. I went to public school. Like that Mm -hmm. was, you know, one thing. And I think that's where a lot of it stemmed from. Actually, I had this experience Mm -hmm. senior year, I guess. And there was this soccer player and he was like the cool guy and Mm -hmm. he was always like flirting with every girl and you know growing up in the church and and especially like the southern baptist culture i didn't want to hang out with people i thought were going to be a bad influence on me Mm -hmm. and so i like tried to stay away from those people Mm -hmm. and and which is so sad and so scary and Mm -hmm. kind of terrible and so fast forward to my college years Mm -hmm. I hear that this soccer player guy like comes to know Jesus Mm -hmm. and so cool blah blah Mm -hmm. and then years more down the road he now works at a church and ministry with my sister here in Texas and so kind of full circle but it really stemmed from the 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 realization I had of like if I continue to just surround myself with people in the church it's not that my life will be bad or that that is bad but where is everyone else? Like mm-hmm. you, you work with, you don't get to choose who you work with mm-hmm. at your job, right? Or who's around you in your neighborhood, your community, mm-hmm. whatever, wherever you go to the gym, if you, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. And so I just found myself, I always had this desire to gather people together, mm-hmm. whether it was just for like, you know, having dinner, whatever that that looked like mm-hmm. and then once we moved back here to texas i was networking and, and trying to grow i was doing like a direct sales business at the time and so i would go to these you know pop-ups at kendra scott or mm-hmm. at this happy hour and i just felt like it was a lot of younger girls that all looked the same in their young 20s mm-hmm. trying to do sororities again mm-hmm. as adults and mm-hmm. i just felt like this really sucks. I don't mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And I just felt very inauthentic and, and no one felt welcomed in this environment. I could feel it. I could see it. And later on, you know, I heard that. That's where it came from for me. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I, you know, have trademarked what, what's now our trademark is you can sit with us. And mm-hmm. the idea of like, it sounds cheesy now, you know, five years later of like, everyone has a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where it comes from because I used to kind of be that person too. Mm-hmm. And on another note, you know, I used to be very shy and introverted until I hit about like 14 when I went into music and singing and all those things. And so, um, you know, that's just, it's where it came from. And I just, I thought this needs to happen and people need this. Yeah. No, I, I can relate to that in so many ways. First of all, thanks for sharing some of that. Second of all, yeah. 
I agree with you because I, I really do think like I remember I look back at my own experiences in life and there was a season where I was like super heavily involved in ministry like it had become my job which wasn't my original intent when I started a business it just kind of like evolved into that and so I was like working with in ministry I was like going to church I was mm-hmm. in small groups I was I, and I was like that's great like I'm super thankful for this like like-minded community I know a lot of people do like crave that mm-hmm. and don't have it so it's like it can be bad one extreme or the other right like it can mm-hmm. be unhelpful but I remember feeling like at some point I just remember it was like I was like almost like not challenged at all. And I'm like, I feel like my faith was stronger when I was like in a sorority in college and like one of two believers, you know, like, so I just, I don't know. I just feel like I remember thinking like, man, I feel like my faith was stronger and I was like more on fire when I was challenged, like when I was in college and in a sorority where I was like one of two believers or like, I just wasn't in such a bubble. And I started to feel like maybe I need to shift a little bit of what I'm doing so that I'm not like when I was in college, I, this, this just came to my brain when I was in college and I was a freshman, I met with someone, maybe it was a sophomore. Anyway, when I was in college, I met with someone who was like in campus ministry and I had shared with her, like most of my friends aren't believers. Like, should I feel bad about that? You know, cause I was like a baby Christian at the time had just like kind of come <laughs> to the Lord. And she was like, no. And I was kind of surprised cause I thought she'd be like, yeah, you probably want to like get more involved, whatever. And while she did encourage me to find some community that would like, influence me positively and lift me up she really actually compared relationships to a bicycle wheel and this has stuck with me ever since then she compared it to a bicycle wheel and she's like here's the thing like if you look at the spokes of the bicycle wheel like as your community she's like if there if that's imbalanced like if you have all fellowship She's like, and that's one spoke of the wheel. Your wheel's not going to turn because it's like, it's going to be like lopsided. She's like, or if you have all like, uh, uh, what did she call it? Fellowship and whatever, like basically like community of people who don't believe the same as you. She's like, then you're going to be like, you might be negatively influenced if you have no one that's like, you know, kind of supporting you in what you believe. She's like, but if you are just like living in a bubble of everyone who agrees with you, she's like, you're not going to be very challenged. And either way, your bicycle wheel is like not going to turn very well. So she's like, kind of try to think of your relationships like as like the length of a bicycle spoke. And if they're really imbalanced, like you're just going to feel like you're like clunking along, you know, like you're not really growing, you're not really making healthy progress. And she's like, it's healthy to have relationships with people who may not share your same view view of the world or may not share, you know, your beliefs. And that's where you maybe you can be a positive influence on them. But at the same time, it's helpful to have people who are positively influencing you and pouring back into your cup too. So I just remember that being something that really like stuck with me. And later in life, when I was like, really in like the trenches of ministry and really focused on that and felt like I was kind of like losing that balance. And I was actually craving some friends that maybe didn't think the same way or believe the same way as me. Um, at first I was like, should I feel bad for that? And then I remembered what she said and it was just like, no, that's actually really healthy and normal. So for anyone listening, like who might be feeling that way at all, like I just want to encourage you because I think a lot of us have been in that place and it can be easy to feel like, well, is it wrong of me to like be kind of tired of like the same thing over and over? Um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that little visual because that has really helped me. Totally. I love a good visual. I'm such a visual learner. <laughs> like, absolutely. Yep. Same here. Same here. Okay. So kind of pivoting into a little bit more of your experience, I would love if you'd be willing to share what your personal experience with the church was and kind of, you know, like, this is kind of going to be a conversation on church hurt. So whatever you feel comfortable sharing yeah. from your experience, we'd love to hear. And yeah. then I'll kind of ask some follow-up questions. 
Sure. So, and I'm really like, first of all, thanks again for like having me and talking about this. And I'm glad it's not something that you guys have talked about. And that's why I thought it was important mm-hmm. because I haven't shared this until mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not publicly in, in the online space. Um, but again, like I said, I grew up in church. Mm-hmm. I basically was like the kid that if you, if you grew up in church, you know what I'm talking about. You're there all the time. Mm-hmm. You get the youth group internship mm-hmm. in, after you graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And then you go on all the trips and you like go to a Christian school and blah, blah. And mm-hmm. then add, add to the, to the mix. I was in music. So I was like a worship leader mm-hmm. and doing that in, you know, high school, college, all the things. And that was my track. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be the next Carrie Job. Like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And this is not what happened. And mm-hmm. so my husband and I met in college. Uh, we are completely opposite. I'm from Dallas, Texas. He's from literally a town of like where he grew up on a chicken farm in Arkansas. And we, we met and he went into to be a youth pastor, which is also very classic. <laughs> you go to a Christian school and then like you go into ministry, a lot of men will go into youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And so he actually ended up going back to his hometown. And kind of the first thing we saw in hindsight was probably not a great idea for, for lots of reasons, but we go back to his hometown. I had a really great job in Hot Springs, Arkansas teaching. I had a really good teaching job, teaching high school and middle school, and it was a big decision for, for us to decide, are you going to leave my job, or is he going to leave his job? Because mm-hmm. we were both out of college at the time, before when we got married. And so we decided we, we wanted to be where he was doing ministry already, because mm-hmm. that's what we felt like we were supposed to do. So I took like a $10,000 pay cut and went to a smaller school. I was happy to do it. I was so glad to be there. And we, we get to like start our life and that was super great. And I loved it. The gist of the story is we're going into like his second year of being on staff mm-hmm. and I'm not, you know, technically on payroll, but like I'm there when he's there essentially. Mm-hmm. And we're leading worship, we're doing trips, we're serving kids, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there was a lot happening in the structure of the church. It was a, newer church mm-hmm. um that had split from the local first baptist um in a good way and it was just you know a growth kind of thing mm-hmm. and so there were a lot of things that were like kinks to be worked on. and there was a lack of communication with the staff the elders and then there was also a dynamic of you know parents were really involved and it was a little bit of a country club kind of mm-hmm. situation if you kind of get with that what mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. and so there was a lot of that going on. Some of what we saw in hindsight and some, you know, my husband would, would try to address at the time, you know, mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I need some guidance here. Like mm-hmm. I'm 23 and, and I, I know I don't have all the answers. Like mm-hmm. you hired me as the youth pastor to grow this ministry. I need some help, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we'll just kind of say, well, you're doing great. Keep going. And then the long and the short of it is some people were not happy for you know, very minute reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like we hear this all the time in church. It's like the music's too loud, or mm-hmm. why did we get new chairs, or yeah. why aren't we doing this, or whatever. And that's not what's important. And mm-hmm. so it came down to this was right before school was going to start because that's important because I was about to go back to my teaching job, mm-hmm. and his boss comes in one day and says, "Hey, the elders are thinking about letting you go." 
just kind of dropped a bomb hmm. out of it was just like, this is a Wednesday night, like before church was going to start. And so yeah. he was like, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? And so it was a huge blindside. He told me, of course, I was upset. And the the worst part about it was kind of like, I didn't really understand what the problem was. It was, it was simply like, eh we'd rather figure out something else, right? Mm -hmm. And the big thing was to, you know, we tried to communicate and and say, hey, like, we think we need to kind of work on this or grow in this area and things like that. And so the the big, um, you know, we have changes in our life that happen and what we could categorize as like a life event, right? Mm -hmm. Moving, a new job, you know, a death in the family, like some big things. Mm -hmm. So this happens or like, do we stay here? This town has 10,000 people in it. Like, mm. what do we do? And so we decided maybe we should just start applying for different jobs like here and back in Texas. Mm-hmm. So I got a new job in Richardson, Texas, like two days later. And we decided to pick up and move. And so it was August 2nd at that time. So teachers are in full school gear. And I had to like pack and move in 24 hours. And my husband had to like, you know, he decided to put his two weeks in, um, you know, pack up our house and kind of move us here. We had to move back in with my parents. Mm -hmm. If you've ever had to move back in with your parents, Mm -hmm. I feel you. (laughs) I have been there. And it was great. Like they were, it was the best thing for us. And I am so great, like grateful for that, you know, mm-hmm. that we had a place to land. And so it was really traumatic. I, I felt super frustrated. I felt, um, you know, all these people that we had spent life with and, and built a community with who had, you know, rooted for us and kind of like guided us in our first year of marriage. None of them stood up for us. None of them kind of said, called out what was probably being being done that was wrong or you know not helpful and so you know they kind of had him you know get up in front of the church and say hey we're God's calling us somewhere else which mm-hmm. was you know mm-hmm. yes in, in my opinion that's mm-hmm. okay to say mm-hmm. and um that was that was what happened you know the events mm-hmm. and so the years after that was just Kind of picking up the pieces of that of all of those all of the emotions and all of the things that were done or not done by the people that we thought loved us mm-hmm. by some of the people who like led my husband to Christ mm-hmm. and wow. and so that was it was all really difficult and yeah. I and I see all this and I'm telling you these just because I know other people have been through this mm-hmm. because I've heard it mm-hmm. and. So that's kind of the story and the experience. Well, I know that's probably not easy to share. So thank you for sharing mm-hmm. what you have. And it's really true. Like, I think one of the, it almost sounds to me like the, one of the most painful things about something like that is to feel like we, like we were all in the same community and you almost kind of feel a little bit like either whiplash, like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. And then kind of stabbed in the back a little bit like hey we're gonna protect our reputation and our image at your expense Mm -hmm. so like good luck (laughs) you know and it's like not a good feeling and after that it was like you know when you leave a job or something even if something bad does go down Mm -hmm. you probably hear from people after that like hey sorry that was super messed up or Mm -hmm. like you know we miss you guys or whatever and there was nothing Mm -hmm. even to this day, you know, hmm. five years later or six, four years, whatever it was. Wow. 
And that's what I've let go at this point, but it used to like haunt me. I was mm-hmm. like, literally the, 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 the loose ends were never tied up. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was strange. Wow. That is strange. That's really hard. I'd love to ask you something that may be kind of hard to answer, but I'm just curious what you think. So I think sometimes when we go through something difficult, especially in church or in our church community, we might feel like guilty for maybe like maybe like I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I know some women I've talked with that have experienced church where they're like, I don't know, though, maybe like I'm overthinking it and no one meant it that way. Like we've had we've come across people who've had similar experiences, whether that's like with staff Mm -hmm. or like just in different, you know, different experiences. And they're almost like there's like a level of and and I don't know if this is from like gaslighting that can happen or if it's just like Mm -hmm. wanting to give people the benefit of the doubt or what. But like it's almost like I've heard that sometimes we feel like guilty or, you know, wrong for feeling certain emotions. And I would just be curious, like, what advice would you give to those who are experiencing maybe anger or pain, especially within the context of church? church? Like, how can someone work through those emotions in an honest but also constructive way? Like, what have you learned through your experience of processing over the last several years? Yeah. Uh, Part of, like, me sharing this, too, is to say I'm not perfect at it mm-hmm. and I'm not like the perfect you know beginning middle end success mm-hmm. story I think it's just over to show yeah. that you know I didn't have the feelings personally of guilt because mm-hmm. I was not the one on staff mm-hmm. now if you ask my husband it's probably a different story mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um I can't necessarily speak to to that but I felt I mean I felt everything and I think if someone's going through that or has gone through that, and maybe you're like trying to just get over it or suppress it, that's what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like mm-hmm. if you are mad at God, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's definitely times in the Bible where great men of mm-hmm. the Lord are curious. Mm-hmm. They're like, why is this? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus said like, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Right. And so on, on the therapy side of things, like mm-hmm. you have to let yourself process mm-hmm. whatever that looks like mm-hmm. and let yourself feel those things. Mm-hmm. My biggest difficulty was, you know, I like packed up and moved and started a new job and all of this happened within like three or four days. And mm-hmm. so getting into a new job and at that job, I was teaching at three schools and traveling around three schools for, mm-hmm. you know, every week. I threw myself into my job mm-hmm. and into my side business. Mm-hmm. And so I did not process my emotions or even just what happened for like a year mm. or more. And so I would tell I was listening and, and resonates with this. Like if you are mad, be mad. If you feel guilty, feel guilty and explore why you maybe feel that way. Mm-hmm. If you are sad, be sad. Like whatever it is that you're feeling, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like let it pass. It will pass. First of all, mm-hmm. at least in the moment, you know, let it pass. And and, and do your best to move on. Um, but, you know, and I think, like I said, you know, I love therapy. I think therapy is a great, great way to do that. Um, and then I think this might be a little controversial, but if you have people, how do I say this? There might be people. It's kind of like when you 
you know, let's say you go out for a big job and you don't get it. And then everybody in your life is just trying to be really sweet and like, oh, look at the next one. Or like, it's okay or whatever. And instead of just being like, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're trying to find the right thing to say when you don't really need them to say the right thing. So in this context, like in the Christian community, people might say things mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily help. So, you know, I think people are trying to, to be comforting and say like, you know, God has a plan or these things happen for a reason or you didn't do anything wrong. I'm just trying to comfort you mm-hmm. when you, that's not what you mean necessarily. So mm-hmm. when people are saying those things and they're trying to be comforting, like remember it does come from a good place mm-hmm. because I remember like when people would try to do those things for me, I resented it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is it, this, this makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. no, can we acknowledge the reality of mm-hmm. the situation? Things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are some constructive things to do is, is like feel through whatever you're feeling and like know that that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, therapy. And then remember like the people that love you that are in your life that are trying to help come from like good intentions. Yeah. That's a good piece of advice too. Cause I do understand what you mean. Like sometimes people will say something with good intentions and you're like, thanks. That was very unhelpful. And in fact, kind of like hurtful. And so yeah, and so it's easy to feel like bitter or like, gosh, how do you not know what the heck to say? And it's like, they're trying. But, you know, I actually I'll share an example, because I had a really good experience recently where I was voice texting back and forth with a friend kind of updating her on some things. And we were talking and I was sharing some of my feelings about something. And she was like, and I'm, I, I know I didn't even think I don't think I did this on purpose. It was like kind of a subconscious thought where I was like, I don't even know mm. if that makes sense. It probably doesn't even make sense. I'm trying to figure it out myself, whatever. And I sent that like as at the end of the message to kind of like wrap up my thoughts. And she responded with like, she's like, first of all, it makes perfect sense. And she's like, but even if it didn't, like, that's okay, because you're allowed to feel what you mm-hmm. feel, even if you're not quite sure you understand why you feel the way you do. And I was like, we need more people who say stuff like that, especially more Christians who say stuff like that, because I think we quickly want to like pray it away. Like I've had friends and people in my life, like when I've been at a low point in faith, they're like, they like freak out. They're like, oh my gosh, she's like having like, you know, a a midlife crisis and losing her faith. And I'm like, no, I'm just really angry right now. Can we just like deal with that? Like, I don't need you to come to the rescue. Like, I just need you to like pray for me and if you'd like, but also don't like even have to tell me that right now because I'm not here to receive it, you know? And it's like, Sometimes the really cliche stuff isn't helpful because it's like, yeah, I do appreciate your prayers and I would love if you pray for me. But when like I'm over here like losing my ever loving mind because something really painful just happened (laughs) and you're over here like praying for you, it's like, Like, I don't want to hear that, you know. So anyway, my point is like very human experience. I completely relate. And I think that's good advice. I think like if you need to see a counselor or a therapist, like go for it. And there are certain experiences in life that super warrant that like anything can if you're like struggling. But like, don't feel weird about that. If you're like, I'm really feeling resentment or bitterness or anger or whatever. And then like you said, like understanding that the intent of people around you like is the best usually, but it can be frustrating. So I think it's also safe. Like, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I think it can also be helpful to have a couple people in your life or try to like, like like okay for example the person i was just telling you about who happened to respond like Mm -hmm. hey even if your feelings don't make sense like that's also okay she's Mm -hmm. not someone that i'm like super super close with she's not like in my everyday life and i actually sometimes feel safer expressing something that i'm experiencing to someone who isn't like in my daily life which you'd think is kind of weird because i'm normally like you know take the advice of your inner circle and those are the people who know you most but sometimes it can be helpful to have someone who's a little bit removed from the emotions of a situation to like just bounce like someone that you would also be there for but maybe they're not like in your 
they're not living it with you and they're not like connected yeah. to the situation. You know what I mean? So if you can oh, reach 100%. out to someone like that, like it can actually be helpful because to them it's like irrelevant kind of like they're not connected to the people. You're not gossiping in a way that's going to get back to somebody. Like you're just be able to like express your feelings, be validated, maybe ask for some advice if they've been in a similar situation and then kind of like move on, you know? So sometimes those kind of people yeah. are actually like, I call them like, your middle your middle circle like your inner circle is like your family like your really close church community the people that like are really tied to your like everyday life and experiences and that could be very affected by the things you're experiencing then there's like the middle circle of like their friends their colleagues their people you trust you've had good experiences or good conversations with but they not be may not be the people that you're like doing life with and then like you have your outer circle where it's like People that that you like know but don't know super well or they're like family friends and then you're not going to like tell them your deepest darkest secrets, right? So like, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes it's helpful to have those middle circle people. <laughs> Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. 
Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Absolutely. I mean, and I would challenge people to think about, okay, if you're if you're thinking of a specific person like you're describing, mm-hmm. why do you feel more safe saying, you know, mm-hmm. some of those things to some, not someone random, but mm-hmm. like someone not on the inside. Mm-hmm. And then like, take note of those qualities, especially as you make new friends mm-hmm. or add new people mm-hmm. to your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things like therapy is, is like, I'm terrible at communicating and understanding how mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. it. it's awesome yeah. and so you know I have to it takes me a lot of time mm-hmm. to process and so I need people in my life that will like your friend exactly mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. just let me be mm-hmm. and then also in those moments that's like appropriate to encourage or challenge or whatever mm-hmm. absolutely um but yeah like much more human experience yeah absolutely you know i'd be curious what your thought is on i have another question that kind of as we've been talking has come up because even just like as we've talked about relationships and people meaning well but sometimes saying things that are triggering or unhelpful in the moment i think what can also happen is like and this has happened to me before i don't know if this has happened to you but sometimes like when i've had unhelpful or hurtful experiences in the context of church sometimes I feel like that I've allowed that to reflect God like I've even caught myself feeling like Mm -hmm. distant from God because I'm like so fed up with whatever's happening in the relationships or in the community or just in ministry or whatever I was experiencing and it's like challenged my faith at times in a way that's like not helpful you know so I'd be curious what your thought is like for those who've experienced something similar how do you suggest trying to maintain a positive mindset or like maintain your belief, honestly, like in the midst of church mm-hmm. and not assume that our experience either, you know, with one specific church applies to the whole church? Like if we've had a bad experience at one church, like I think that can immediately reflect like all of church, you know, yeah. or it can also if we have a bad experience with people in the church, how do we make sure that that doesn't become something that we think like reflects God's character, you know? I mean, it's super hard. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, I'm like not going to lie about it. Like it's super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a long time and I'm not talking about just like three months. I mean like a few years mm-hmm. where uh, there were, there was so much of those conversations or Christianese language. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds a little like whatever, but no, hundred percent. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> those things, that stuff made my skin crawl mm-hmm. because I was letting that be reflected in the character of God or however you would say it, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is. And what, I mean, what I had to do was like my perception of, I think literally the church was like smashed and I had to like reconstruct it myself in a way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, well, I wouldn't even say like with my husband because we had our all or have our own journeys mm-hmm. and in ways that we had to process these situations and you know our experiences were different and so you know it is super hard mm-hmm. and there there was a lot of time where I 
was not feel close to God. There are days now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have, it's, it's a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'll be again, super honest. So we have lived in, in the Dallas area for like a while now. We just bought a house about a year ago, moved out to like a little bit more remote part of town. We're not in the city anymore. So we moved again mm -hmm. and we're, you know, husband has a new job. I took my business full time a year ago, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so we're finding a new church. We've been in a church for a while, really solid place. And so starting over here has been extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And I am just now to the point where going to church doesn't trigger me mm -hmm. again, because I had to do it again, right? Mm -hmm. We moved back here found a church that was hard mm -hmm. and then we were good for a couple of years mm -hmm. then we moved out here had to do it again so I mean there were lots of times we just didn't go because mm -hmm. I couldn't handle it mm -hmm. or neither of us just wanted to mm -hmm. or there was one day quite recently where I cried the whole time because it was my, my therapist described that like you're going back to the scene of the crime mm -hmm. and your 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 brain is like what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like we got hurt there last mm -hmm. time. Like let's get out of here. Totally. And finding, finally finding where we are now and feeling like, okay, mm -hmm. listening to their core beliefs, mm -hmm. their the people's personality, how they treat people, mm -hmm. how like their church history. What are the what does the the body like look like mm -hmm. of, of these specific people in this demographic and this mm -hmm. you know geographical region? And mm -hmm. um and so it took a while and lots of like ups and downs but I've really like rediscovered or really probably for the first time discovered what the church looks like and how and what a relationship with Jesus can look and feel like hmm. wow. because I think growing up at least in my experience and I think this is for some people too not everybody for sure things are very like over spiritualized to the point mm -hmm. where it was very empty mm -hmm. and very like meaningless mm -hmm. and so it was like forced emotions mm -hmm. and emotions aren't what belief is based on if that makes sense mm -hmm. and so I'm finally like coming to terms with all of that and realizing mm -hmm. where I am is okay and where this other person is over here is okay too mm -hmm. like you know yeah so yeah no, that's, I mean, I can relate in many ways, like, when I've had challenging experiences either in life that make me, you know, question God's goodness or power or both, or mm -hmm. when I've had people, like, make me question that. And I'm like, I know this isn't who you are, but like, gosh, this is driving me crazy, or like, this is really triggering or upsetting. It, you're right. I think this, like, you're going back to the scene of the crime, or you're putting yourself back in a situation mm -hmm. that, like, felt so unhealthy before. It can be really hard. And I don't think there's even really a super cut and dry, easy answer. Sometimes, at least in my experience, it's like, this may not be like the best Christian-y answer to give, but this is like my thoughts on it anyway. I remember mm -hmm. there was a season where I was just like so spiritually burnt out. Like that's kind of how I felt. Like I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like when you've been judged or hurt or whatever, like sometimes you just get to a point where you're like, I am so drained. Like the thing that's supposed to be filling me up is like literally wearing me out. And I remember there was a point where like, I just like kind of stopped. Like I was like, I've done a lot of things to like maintain my faith. Like I was like, I'm doing Bible studies and showing up to church and listening to worship music and like trying to do all the things. Right. And there was a point where I was like, 
I don't think this is helping. I just feel like I'm checking boxes at this point. It feels super Mm -hmm. religious again. And so there was a point where I was like, maybe I need to know what it's like to miss God. And I'm not like suggesting anyone go do this. Like this isn't like my advice. It was just like the way I like had to almost create the separation in my mind. Like I need to get back to like who God is by himself, like without all of this like broken human experience around it. And um, Mm -hmm. it was interesting because it almost seemed like the opposite of like the right thing to do. Like a lot of times when people are struggling with their faith, a lot of people are like, well, get in the word more, get involved in this, go do that. And it's like, sometimes that's the thing that's actually making you really like drained, at least in my experience. And what was interesting is like, I took like, I, it was just going to be like a few weeks, but it turned into a couple months where like, I just wasn't like listening to worship music a lot. I wasn't like checking all my boxes of what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. Like I tried to take like the religiosity out of it, the like doing out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like I just need to like, I basically said to God, I was like, God, I am so drained. None of this is getting like the worship music isn't getting through to my heart. The stuff that I'm reading isn't really it's kind of going in one year out the other. Like it's just not settling in. It feels like it's like you remember that parable where it's like they're throwing the seeds and it's just like going on like the hard ground. Like that's like what it felt like it was doing. And I was like, and I'm trying here, but I was like, I think you just need to like, I just need you to like meet me. Like I'm trying to like do all this stuff and I'm just like, it's not getting me anywhere. And I was like, I need to stop like performing and doing and trying. And like, can you just like meet me where I'm at and like show me who you are? And what was cool is like through that very like random season, um, uh, like I wasn't trying to run away from God or like my belief. It was just like, I just felt like I needed a refreshed perspective, you know? And it was neat how like in that process, it was like, I began to like miss some of the things that I had started to feel so drained by. Like I began to miss worship music and I began to miss like yeah. certain things that I wasn't doing. And it was cool. Like, I, because I think I appreciate it. Like when it's in, in, when you're inundated with it all the time, you just like, don't always appreciate it the same way you know and so it was like in a way I like suddenly craved that again and God started to show up in ways that I didn't know that he would like someone would speak a word of encouragement to me that I hadn't talked to in months or like and he just kind of started to like tap me again in a way that felt very personal and very like unique to me and he was like between God and Jay like that's what it was you know and I think sometimes we get so in the doing I guess my point is like I'm not suggesting you like run away from church and run away from God or any of those things but just like based off what you've shared and like different experiences I've had that I can relate to I just think sometimes we get so caught up in like the doing or the going or the reporting or the attending or the box checking that like Mm -hmm. and some of those boxes are reminders of what's been hurtful for us so we kind of like we show up because we're supposed to but like we're kind of like hardened to it anyway so nothing's really getting through (laughs) yeah so nothing's even really getting through we're not making authentic connections like none of that's happening and sometimes i think like we have to like pause the striving in those ways or like just release like our need to do stuff and kind of be like god can you just like meet me where i'm at you know what i mean and sometimes that's like the most healing thing like he will do that Mm -hmm. and at least in my experience, I just felt like that is kind of like when I allowed myself to do that, even though it felt like the opposite of what I was supposed to do, like in air quotes, I have found like in in that experience, it was like that was kind of when I started to experience a little bit of a revival, like a little bit of like a yeah. real authentic, yeah. like re-experiencing God's character outside of the context of how I felt everything in the church world or ministry world over was like reflecting it negatively, right. you know? Um, I think there's a lot to be said for like, the the you know like you said air quotes supposed to do mm-hmm. i i think i just had a moment you know the the past several years where i'm like there's nothing else that i'm supposed to do mm-hmm. except follow jesus mm-hmm. and be with you know mm-hmm. and there are things in the bible that are like be in community with people mm-hmm. read god's word Mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of extra stuff that we have added like you said the religiosity mm-hmm. is that how you said it mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and and we miss that, out on the relationship as a result 
Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Wow. I would love to hear, this might be a tough question to answer too, but I'm just going to ask. Yeah. In what ways do you think that your experience also could have strengthened your faith or like deepened it? I just think I have probably uh, less of a surface level understanding mm. of things mm. and a surface level like um, appreciation. Mm. Um, and I think I'm more, I've, I've learned so much mm. and I have probably, actually not probably, I have rewired the way I think about things mm. because of some of the stuff that I saw or, you know, mm. was around. Mm-hmm. for example one of the things being making things very emotional or mm-hmm. like like in a forced way right mm-hmm. and so I mean I'm still like in in this process mm-hmm. right and I think it's this is like what it was always supposed to be like mm-hmm. and so I'm in the most probably sick way possible like mm-hmm. this is where it's led you know mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that in many ways. Like sometimes it's the things that break down our faith the most that deepen our faith in ways that we didn't know Mm -hmm. we could have it deepened. Because Mm -hmm. I think it just strips away. And I don't know if this is the right reason, but my like analysis of it is like, I think it just kind of like when those things happen, it strips away all the fluff and all the extra and all the distraction. And it kind of makes you like at first you kind of like wince and you kind of like hold back and you distance yourself. But at some point, it's like there is a deepening of like a real authentic experience and relationship with God and not like all the extra stuff like that can help and that can help grow and develop your relationship. But that can also hurt at times. And um, because you're still dealing with broken people, you know, and there is sometimes a a deepening and kind of like a a building of the authentic personalized part of your faith Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. can't happen as easily when you're just doing a lot of stuff or when you're, you know, when everything's peachy keen and like, it's just kind of like you said, almost like we're all sitting around a campfire and singing Kumbaya. Like it's like, this is so great. And then when it's not so great, it does really refine, I think a lot. And it chips away a lot of the, surface level rah-rah fluff you know that I think we live in the like Instagram Christian world too like that we live in like it only adds to that you know everything is sometimes I'm like is everything for the show and everything for the like attracting new people to church like that's all great but like sometimes it it can you can wonder like where's the where's the depth where's the authenticity and I think it's through the fire we're not all doing this great right totally and so I do think like it's through the refining fire that we get the refinement of our faith even though it's like sometimes the worst and not the thing we want sometimes Sometimes i'm like i would have been fine just singing kumbaya around a fire but like cool um thanks for that so yeah totally totally uh, can relate in many ways okay i have one last question and then we'll wrap it up so for anyone who has listened and been like oh my gosh i totally relate or like we've had a similar experience or i know someone who has or whatever what and I know you had said it was difficult for you to find a new church. So I would just be mm-hmm. curious, like what advice or tips would you give to someone when it comes to finding a new church or finding a new community? You know, like I don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be like the building you go to, but how do you sure. like after you've been hurt in that context or after you've had a not so great experience? Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe yeah. it can be really challenging, but I would just level for you to share any tips or advice you have for someone who's maybe in that season of like, I'm just like trying to mm-hmm. reestablish my community or, you know, look for a new church. What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, when we moved out here and we bought this house a year ago, we didn't have friends out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, that was hard. And I think like, that's, that's the 
probably the number one thing besides building our faith is being with people, Mm -hmm. is socializing with people because we're all lonely, Mm -hmm. like for the most part, not not all the time, but I'm saying that is the human condition is like, we're lonely. So we find people. So we're not Mm -hmm. right in relationships, friends, whatever. So we moved out here, didn't have friends out here at least like within a, you know, 15, 20 mile mile radius. Mm -hmm. And we have a neighborhood Facebook group, not kidding. And I posted in there and Mm -hmm. said, it was the dumbest thing, but I was like, I don't care. We don't care. We just want friends that bad. Mm -hmm. And so we said, Hey, we're so-and-so just moved here. If you want to go, you know, here's what we liked. And then, you know, do you guys want to hang out? Whatever. We met a couple that is wonderful. Mm. They're a couple years younger than us and we hang out with them all the time now. Mm. Second thing is, in the aspect of like actual church, we we found these we didn't know these people from Adam, right? And mm. so we found out like they are believers, which is really nice mm-hmm. to like, you know, find mm-hmm. and they're from Mississippi, which is, you know, super fun getting to know people new people. And mm-hmm. we just talked about church and like where you guys come from and like what are you guys looking for too? Are y'all visiting places? You know, we had been kind of visiting a few places and um, you know, for a while like we did a lot of just you know, research. Like mm-hmm. and I think sometimes you can get stuck in the research and then you actually don't do it. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Like you have to go through your own process. You have to do it when you're ready, especially it has been a very emotional and traumatic. Um, you know, that's how it was for me at least. And so that was important. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't like who had the best programming or like who do we resonate the most with their mission statement mm-hmm. or are they associated with this association, you know, whatever, or denomination. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like what I said earlier. What the people coming out of this church, what are they like, first of all? Mm-hmm. How do we feel when we come into the church? Like, are we welcomed? Mm-hmm. Do people talk to you? Right? And then we, you know, most churches have like a new members class, mm-hmm. or you kind of go and find out more about the church. That was kind of my husband and I, you know, we've been in churches forever, and so we were kind of really wondering like, how's this gonna go, you know, mm-hmm. how intense is this gonna be, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the best new members class I've ever been to mm. and it was very simple mm. their, their goal to grow people in community and Jesus and then reach other people mm. for Jesus and then you know in the technical ways here's how we do that here's what we offer blah 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 and the cool part was like at the end they were like if this is not the church for you that's fine mm. we're so glad you tried it out mm. and we hope you find somewhere Mm-hmm. And I had never really heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and instead of looking for a place that was perfect mm-hmm. and that, you know, I don't want to have the problems that we used to. I don't want to. You're going to. That's what, especially if you've ever worked in churches. You know how the sausage gets made mm-hmm. <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. And people that are imperfect are running, you know, mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know that that's kind of been my experience and that would be my advice mm-hmm. and it's it's difficult um and if you maybe you're like you're listening and you're single and you you, you know you don't have a spouse or you know a partner to go with um see if you can find a friend mm-hmm. to like go with you because that you probably need some emotional support i know i wouldn't have been able to like literally make it through mm-hmm. without my husband mm-hmm. um and it wasn't like it wasn't hard for him but um you know, 
that's that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that because you're right. I think when you look for like perfection, that's when you're going to be disappointed. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like it's also accepting that like it's also normal for there to be like you don't want yeah. it to be like a toxic church environment or like spiritually abusive or anything. Um, so it's obviously like you want to do your due, due diligence and kind of seek out the right fit but at the same time mm-hmm. like i even think about like in the bible like there was all the like letters to like all the different churches right like, the church of corinth the church of ephesian or ephesia or whatever like all those different like there were so many times where like paul or like he would be speaking to like a conflict that they were having or a disagreement or like a thing that they were getting wrong you know <laughs> because mm-hmm. they're they're human and it's like this goes back to biblical times like it may seem like it, it happens a lot more, maybe because we talk about it more, maybe because there's a lot more churches or just, I don't know why, but I guess my point is like, this isn't new. Like church has never been, like the church has never been perfect. It's only made perfect because of Christ. And I think like keeping that in the back of your mind, like there will be some quarrels or disagreements or things that people think or do differently than us, or like that isn't anything new since the beginning of this whole thing. And so if I can like go into it with that kind of peace of mind a little bit and then look for the things that I find that I value most like like you said like are people friendly or are they clicky you know and these different things like I think if you can keep that I think that's really good advice and I think your process makes a lot of sense and I really love how you put Mm -hmm. yourself out there like I'm just gonna post in this Facebook group because you never know like what that's gonna lead to (laughs) and I just I mean I think about our like experience like we were kind of in a situation where we had just started going to a new church we really enjoyed it we moved into our new neighborhood and we had some friends who were like you know not friends but like neighbors that we became friends with through just kind of putting ourselves out there and um Mm -hmm. and them doing the same and living on the same street and you know, they were mentioning like, we just haven't found a church that we love. And now they all go to the same church as us, you know? So it's like, you just never know, like, if you're going to come across somebody who shares a similar view or belief and might even be able to point you in the right direction. So just like, put yourself out there and ask, like, don't be afraid to you ask, have to. you know, because yeah. otherwise you're just yeah. going to like spin in circles and not get very far. And you're going to be Googling everything yeah. and Google can only give you so much. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah. this was such a good conversation. So, so powerful. Just like Thank you for having really me. honest. Yes, absolutely. I would love if you can share where people can hear more from you and how they can connect with other women through your work as well. Yeah. Um, well, this is not my traditional what I talk about in the online world, um, but uh, you can find me at Amanda's in Dallas is my Instagram handle and then Dallas Girl Gang on every platform. Um, and even if you're not from Dallas, you can, you know, be a part of our community, our membership, podcast, all the things. Um, and yeah, I am obsessed with TikTok now. So <laughs> loving that. But that's awesome. Um, yeah, having a lot of fun. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was super um special and I, I hope it's really um helpful to people. Yeah, absolutely. I think it will be. Thanks again for being here. It's been such a gift. Yeah. Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in.
To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.